So you all know what day it is. It is Tea Tuesday. It is Tuesday, February 6th. And I have to tell you all, I am so, so, so excited for this episode only because of the fact, and I'm excited probably for every episode that I do for Tea Tuesday, but because of the fact that a, some of you had mentioned to me a couple different times how you wanted more cross-sectional information um, about like holidays, traditions, things like that, that kind of are interesting because a lot of it is the same. Um, a lot of certain traditions or things like that, a lot of you wanted more information about how are things similar, more so than different. And on top of that, a lot of you really appreciated when I did Yule um, to kind of explain a little bit more so about the winter traditions and also to like the Wiccan pagan traditions and all that other stuff. So a lot of you really did appreciate that. Um, we're kind of taking a little bit of a situation here when we're talking about um, this particular topic only because I feel like with February, especially because this is the first Tea Tuesday to kick off February. I feel like February is such an in-between month because we are in between the status of winter and also the status of spring. The spring equinox is, I believe it's on March 19th this year. Um, and basically we're in between. What I think is interesting about all of these different traditions in February or holidays, you could say, or just basic traditions is that they all kind of mirror that in between, between spring and winter, or winter and spring, I should say. So we're going to talk a little bit about these three different um, uh, traditions or holidays or what have you. And we're going to talk a little bit about love being everywhere in February or the tradition of love. And also how do these three particular holidays like what do they have in common spiritually like what is what is up with that or why do we have these specific traditions and for what purpose so we're going to kind of get involved with that and get into that a little bit more you know differently or in a different space or whatever um so we're going to we're going to do all that and then we're going to also kind of go a little bit deeper into each of these or into each of these um, specific traditions, holidays, whatever, whatever the case is with that. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, this whole situation. Let's talk first about imbolic, which I honestly pronounced imbolic. You can pronounce it imbolic. It's basically the same thing. Um, for pronunciation. Oh, I can't even talk right now. Pronunciation um, situations. So basically you can do both. Um, the other thing I wanted to kind of talk a little bit about this is that this is more so of a Wiccan type of tradition or kind of a different, um, it's kind of a little bit different than like, it's not really a Wiccan tradition. I guess you can call it that it can be that. It's also a Christian tradition. It can be Wiccan or Christian, depending on how you look at it. But basically what what Imbolic is, is that it's called St. Bridges, St. Bridges Day. Um, it's basically a Gaelic traditional festival. Um, and what's interesting about it is that 
and it marks the beginning of spring. Okay. So for the Christianity piece of this, it's a feast day of St. Bridget, which is basically in Ireland, the patron saint of Ireland. Um, the traditional date for this is February 1st. Okay. And what's interesting about February 1st is we have this common theme with all three of these holidays or traditions is that it's about halfway between winter, winter solstice or the winter time and the spring, right? So it's kind of interesting that we do have this, this situation, um, that is in between. So we are kind of in that in between situation. Um, and also what's interesting is Imbolc was also originally a pagan festival, right? It's associated with the goddess Bridget and it's also that whole, you know, that season of the in-between. What's also interesting about this is that we do have like the first blooms, right? So February really is that time of the first flower blooms. It's the time where, you know, the snow or the, the winter is less or less of a chill, depending on where you are. Um, also too, it's a very big feast day. So there's a lot of different, um, you know, there's the the crosses, right? Bridges, cr Bridges crosses that are actually hung up on doors, which I think it's interesting because if you've ever seen a Bridges cross, it looks very similar to like a hearts of palm or palm um, palms that that are like made into crosses also too. Um, again, these were hung over doors and windows to protect against illness, evil spirits, fire also too. Um, you know, different blessings were made on different types of um, food, drink for the holidays, clothing, all that, all that type of stuff. Um, you know, and then of course to like, you know, make, make the weather less, right. Or kind of have that whole entire situation where we're going away from, you know, the blizzards and the snowiness and all that kind of stuff to some of the more, traditional springtime situations or kind of feeling that thaw as well too. Um, basically by Christians, it was just a reserved as like more of a religious holiday or just a cultural one as well too. Um, and again, this is really, really about a lot of things having to do with that Ireland or Irish type of um, ancestry, all of that type of stuff. Um, so we talked a little bit about about the patron Saint Bridget and how like actually that that's a part of the hearth, the fire, um, all of these different types of things that have to do with that. Um, and honestly, we talked about Bridges Cross crosses, how that basically works. It's interesting because like, you know what I mean? It's almost like as if this particular saint was like, would be welcomed into the home, right? And the dark season of winter, oftentimes going into spring, it's more about light, right? It's more about bringing that light, bringing that fire, bringing that comfort to kind of like still go through the winter time. Also healing, protection, all of these different things, right? And just kind of like cleansing and clearing the home. Um, corn, a corn doll was also an icon to Bridget, all those types of things, right? And then there's also birch, um, the, the whole situation with wands, also comes from that as well, too. Um, you know, so again, those type of different things. Um, 
with with different um, processions and different types of food. Now, let's kind of talk a little bit and in going into this, and we could kind of talk about this too, because the 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 Imbolic uh, holiday or symbol was also about making different types of foods, um, like different dumplings, um, bannocks, or what we call um, barm barmbrack, which is kind of like a sweet bread or something like that. Um, and these type of different things would be given as an offering. And also, too, the term spring cleaning also comes from this particular custom around this specific time period. And on top of that, it's about getting rid of the staleness of winter. Um, so a lot of times in hearts or fires, different types of herbs would be burned or different things to kind of get that stale scent out of the home. So that's also a part of this as well, too. Um, and on top of that, there would also be flowers or indicative of like, you know, springtime flowers around the home and things like that. So it's kind of interesting to see how some of these traditions did happen. Um, and also there's a sense of love and like just an uh, overall sense of, you know, togetherness and being in, in that space of love and crafting all of those different types of things too. Um, it's also interesting too, because of just the way that it, in, it envelops into like a divine feminine aspect holiday as well too, for the Wiccan traditions of this as well too. Um, so that's kind of interesting, I think as well, that there's a lot of this um, tradition or openness with Imbolic as well too. And let's talk about, because we're going to kind of get into this a little bit too, with what I really wanted to talk about with this is the weather lore. That's so important with this. The weather lore is interesting because this connects, Imbolic connects a lot to Groundhog Day as well too. So with Imbolic, there's a lot of traditional weather lore that is associated with it, right? Um, so here's the first thing. The first thing is the snowdrops in the snow or springtime flowers that are emerging from the frost or from the snow. Those were indications to many of these different types of people who who actually represented this holiday, Wiccans, pagans, Christians, whatever the situation is, that St. Bridget would visit those different types of patches um, and, and actually have those different types of flowers emerge from the snow, emerge from, you know, this dark, cold winter, right? The other old tradition was that in, instead of, instead of Punxsutawney Phil, because we're going to talk about Groundhog Day and how that whole thing works, instead of having groundhogs, right, seeing their shadow and all this other stuff, the old tradition was basically seeing if serpents, which would be like snakes, in other words, or badgers came from came from their winter dens. So if they were to emerge from the winter den, it would actually be like as if the snow would be melting and spring would be coming soon and that there wouldn't be um, 
any type of, there wouldn't be any type of winter left, right? So a lot of this is traditional, but what I think is interesting is that that's extremely similar to Groundhog Day as well too, right? So there's a lot of this kind of weather lore that occurs during this traditional holiday as well too, similar to Groundhog Day. So let's go into the whole situation with Groundhog Day and what the hell is up with, why do we take this so seriously? But also, too, why is it important spiritually to understand this? And why is it such a cultural type of thing? Okay, so going from the weather lore that we talked about in Imbolic with that tradition or with that situation, um, or Imbolic, whatever you want to say it is, um, basically Groundhog Day, how it works is this, okay, is the fact that, and I think that this is interesting, basically it's a traditional observed cultural kind of festivity in, in, in a sense. In the United States and Canada, it happens on February 2nd. Um, and what the whole story with this is, is that, you know, Punxsutawney Phil basically is a groundhog. And if he emerges from his little den and he sees his shadow, it basically means that there is six more months of, or what is it, six more weeks of winter or something like that. And that if he doesn't see his shadow, then basically spring is coming or what have you, right? Um, this is from a Pennsylvania Dutch superstition. This occurs in Pennsylvania, basically. And it's it's been going on. It happens in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. And no, it's not about the Groundhog Day movie with Bill Murray, which is a wonderful, wonderful, great movie if you've ever seen it. But basically, it's a Pennsylvania Dutch superstition, right? That if a groundhog emerges from the burrow on the day and sees its shadow again, like I explained, it's there's going to be more winter. What I think is interesting about this too, talking about Imbolic, is that this was often a tradition that was considered to be on the day of a February 1st, February 2nd. So people would go out to these different dens. They would be looking for badgers, snakes, to kind of see that. So I think it's interesting that, you know, the superstition is a connection to Imbolic as well as to Groundhog's Day. And also, too, um, it's interesting because recently this just happened, Groundhog Day, and an early spring was predicted from that, right? And what's interesting is that it just, the tradition remains. The same thing in Ireland with Imbolic, the tradition remains consistent, right? Because of the weather lore, right? And a lot of this weather lore was brought from different areas, right? Where the badger, okay, the badgers often, and I think it's so interesting because the badger in like spirit animal situations, oftentimes is, is like, it's a very interesting spirit animal because the badger is often the forecasting animal, in these situations, right? But in but in this situation, it's the groundhog, right? And on top of that, it's also talking about the the divination piece of this, right? That some type of little little critter, right, or a little animal could literally depict the weather, is what I'm saying. So the divination parts of this are highly, highly interesting. And obviously, there is Punxsutawney Phil that is basically a part of this, right? And what's interesting also, too, about the badger is that they also, too, you know, do make um, their little, you know, um, uh, they make their dens and things like that. And oftentimes, too, like if they get too cold, they will retreat. 
um, and all of these different types of things. The badger also, too, is highly, highly volatile when provoked. Um, you, you definitely do not want to piss a badger off to the point that they literally will um, attack fervently. Um and on top of that, the groundhog is a little bit more subdued, right? The groundhog is a little bit more subdued. If you literally get a badger going, it's not a good situation. So again, the change could also be from that as well too, right? Because of just the groundhog literally is a little bit more easier to like deal with and a little bit more easier to tame, um, than an actual badger. What's also interesting too is that, you know, with these type of weather lores and with all of this different types of things, um, it's, it's interesting how much this is celebrated even till today and how people do this in Canada and the United States. And then you have Imbolc that's literally in Ireland as well too. What else is interesting too about Groundhog Day and Imbolc is that also as well, it talks about springtime, but it mostly talks about also, too, I think, a nod to the love of traditions that we often do have um, that surround February in general. We have a lot of love about traditions, right, and how that actually works. And, like, that whole love piece, I think, is apparent, right? In Imbolc, we are kind of doing this whole thing with the love that we have for spring, the love that we have for new beginnings, the love that we have, you know, if you celebrate this with St. Bridget and just the kind of spreading the love around in the home with cooking and all this other stuff and kind of, like, being in that space. And then we have the Groundhog Day thing, the love that we do have for spring or just kind of showing up in that tradition, right? Weather lore is very, very important for both of these. So I think that that's highly interesting as well that we do have that. What I also wanted to talk about is Valentine's Day and how interesting some of this stuff also is with with the whole situation with Valentine's Day, okay? So Valentine's Day is annually on February 14th every year. It's a Christian feast day, right? And it's honoring the martyr, you know, St. Valentine and all of that kind of stuff. And also, too, it's a commercial celebration of romance and love in many regions of the world. It has cultural religious implications to it. So let's kind of talk about this whole thing with St. Valentine, because I think a lot of people also too don't understand this as well either. And on top of that, fire is connected to both St. Bridget and also too to St. Valentine as well, which I think is interesting. So the martyrdom stories that happen with St. Valentine, they talk about him being imprisoned, um, being persecuted, um, all of this stuff, like he, he just, he had like all these different types of gifts that these legends were talking about, about giving and receiving love right? And about being in that tradition, um, you know, all of these different types of things with, with you know, St. Valentine and everything else. There's also like this whole thing about, you know, restoring sight, okay? Or restoring that light, restoring sight as well too, um, with all of these things, you know, having love instead of hate, all of these different types of situations. What else is also interesting too is the whole situation with lovebirds. 
Okay, so we have gone to through Imbolic and we've talked about the, the different weather lore with that. We talked about Groundhog Day and how there's a groundhog or a badger in Imbolic that would predict spring. Now we're talking about on St. Valentine's Day or Valentine's Day that if you see lovebirds, <laughs> it's associated with an early spring. In English traditions, which is interesting. So now we have different animals and different types of situations that all predict early spring in some type of way. Valentine's Day symbols um, are hearts, right? They're doves, they're winged cupids, right? There's all these different romantic symbols that are used, right, for Valentine's Day as indicative of the love that we do have for spring, and all of this kind of thing. So again, it's just highly, highly interesting, right? The, um, St. Valentine is also having to do with listening, with truly listening to love, hearing love, having these different types of, you know, connections um, with, with romantic love and all of these type of like different things with poetry and, you know, being, being connected to all of this. Now, also to the lovebirds, seeing the weather lore with that, with early spring and how that actually works, right? There's also a lot of connections to Valentine's Day in poetry and different verses, right? Similar to Imbolic and also similar to Groundhog's Day, right? Where there's different types of poetry and verses that have to do with these different traditions or holidays, right? Also, let's talk a little bit about Valentine's Day cards. What's the situation? with that. Oftentimes, paper valentines were very, very popular in England in the early 19th century. Um, you know, Valentine's Day cards were a way to show symbols of love. They were a way to kind of be connected in love. I think it's interesting with Imbolic that we often do present different types of meals and things that have to do with love with that. And then in Groundhog's Day, oftentimes little Punxsutawney does get some little treats or little things for himself because he's working hard to try and predict the weather for us, okay? So those type of things are a way of showing love. Valentine's Day has the cards or has different types of roses. What's interesting about roses as well, too, as a Valentine's Day theme, I do think it's interesting that there are offers, which I never ever knew this until I like was looking into it. There are offers that are given as roses to um, different types of, uh, what do they call it, pyres or, or fires or different things that happen for Imbolic um, as well too, that, that roses are often white roses or different types of purity. Um, different flowers are given at, to St. Bridget as a result of that. With Valentine's Day, we have the red roses that symbolize love. There's also too at the Punxsutawney Phil or the Groundhog's Day ceremony, there's a lot of people who are dressed up in old time 1900s clothing. There's also two roses that are often like given as like little, little like things for Punxsutawney, like all this kind of stuff. So I think it's interesting how flowers are also a huge part in each of these traditions and how they actually work. Um, the whole thing that I thought was also interesting is the situation with sweets or chocolate or things like that. Um, 
Again, that's not really anything that's connected to any of these types of traditions or things like that. But again, it does mean that there is a connection there between the sweeter side of things as well, too. Um, same thing with Imbolic. The sweet breads are often given to loved ones or given as protection for our loved ones. Um, all of that type of stuff. And honestly, Valentine's Day has really opened up so much for us, you guys. It's literally opened up the, the way for, you know, Galentine's Day, Palentine's Day, you know, if you don't have a partner, um, certain things like that. It also does give us, you know, the whole situation with the, you know, connections, right? So a lot of these holidays or traditions are based upon straight up connections between us and nature or us and love in general, right? Or that beginning of spring or that anticipation of spring. So that's really, really, I think, important for all three of these different traditions to note that, um, you know, or giving sweets or giving, you know, something that is sweeter on Valentine's Day or something that is more meaningful or giving that an embolic as well too, something that is more meaningful. There's also protection, with all three of these different traditions or holidays with Imbolic, it's Bridges Crosses. Um, with Valentine's Day, it's the site of the lovebirds for most of that type of stuff or protecting one's heart from, you know, certain things of like heartbreak and all that kind of stuff or romantic love. You know, with, with Punxsutawney or the Groundhog Day situation, it's really protecting him against his shadow, right? Like, that's really what it is. Like most people, you know, they try to make it as honest as possible, but sometimes like he's afraid of his own shadow. So that's kind of a part of this as well, too. Um, the protection aspect of that from the darkness, right? From the darker parts of love, winter, those type of things. So again, that, that connection is very, very interesting as well, too. So basically, we have all these different three, three traditions, three holidays, and love is apparent in each one of them, which I think is interesting. Um, the concept of spring is involved in each one of them. Um, and also to the flower situation is what is similar in each in each of them. So again, we have to understand that there is a lot of differences in different spiritual traditions or cultural traditions, but there is a lot of similarities between all three, um, as you can kind of see. So it's just interesting. It's interesting to look up some of this stuff, like spiritually, why we believe what we believe. Um, weather lore is, is extremely important in all three of these. Um, as well, too, which I think was very, very interesting for me to find out in the result as a result of this. So, yeah, um, that's pretty much what I have for this Tea Tuesday or basically what we what we are talking about. I think it's also interesting to note um, for Valentine's Day, right, and for all of these different holidays that no matter how you celebrate or if you believe or not, these holidays and traditions still endure to this day. Um, different types of traditions that I mentioned still are happening. So that's also, too, a part of this that's really fascinating how we just keep going with these traditions or holidays when in reality, like, we could have ended them long ago, but because they're our tradition, that's just really what's awesome about February is just spreading, spreading the love, being in that state of waiting for spring to come 
and right and waiting for this to be you know a renewal for people i think is really what these three traditions or holidays are all about so Let's talk a little bit about what's going to be happening for next Tea Tuesday, okay? Because I really, really, really wanted to stress that also, too, this month is going to be about exploring love and self-love. It's going to be exploring about the connections that we have with love for February and that kind of bridging that gap from winter to springtime. But we are also talking a little bit about fire. Right. We are talking a lot about fire magic this month as well, too, because of the fact that with St. Valentine's, the massacre and like all this other stuff or the, the martyrdom of St. Valentine and also, too, with the whole situation with St. Bridget, that fire aspect is apparent in both. We are also talking about the fire literally, or the flame um, that kind of burns during February, too, with all that love and just all the passions and all that kind of stuff. So for Tea Tuesday, we are talking about, we're talking about getting sexy here a little bit, about spirituality, and we're talking about fire magic specifically. So why does fire magic, candle magic, why is all that so important? Or what what is up with that? Like, what is just up with that? all together? And why are we talking about fire magic? And why is it so important to practice some fire magic for February? Because it does help a lot with kind of the more intimacy side of things, but it also helps really with the love aspect of things or, you know, love spells, love magic, sex magic. I mean, fire is a common theme in all of this, you guys. So that's why I want to delve in and talk about it um, and talk about the sexier sides of fire magic and how that actually works and what goes on with that as well, too. I'm also going to say that for those of you who are in the Rochester area, there are two things that are happening that I am hosting this month in February. There is first the Let's Get Sexy with Sense or talking about sex and intimacy magic astro class. Um, basically, this class is going to explore what intimacy and sex magic really are in a supportive, vulnerable, and beautiful environment to do so because I think it is so important for people to understand that there is a comfortability that has to happen with this. Um, I'm going to be talking about in this class about Kundalini, Tantric, um, what different scents and candle magic works best and why. Um, also, too, this class is going to be hosted by Sense by Design, which is in Rochester. Um, if you, uh, the class will be February 28th at 7. If you are interested in signing up for this class, you also will receive a little mini intimacy magic kit made by myself. Um, there's not going to be anything that isn't tasteful or classy in this kit, okay, because that kind of shit just doesn't work in this type of magic. And I'll explain why that is. And also, too, you do have an opportunity to literally make your own scented candle as well. Um, if you're interested in signing up for that class, you can do so on Sense by Design's website. Um, also, to this month, I'm going to be hosting my spell casting course applications. They are live if you are interested in learning more about 
what is launching officially in the spring or embracing your spirituality, your inner witch. If you're into doing magic of any kind, then definitely reach out to me. I can send you an application. The spell casting course informational meeting is going to be hosted on February 26th at 6 p.m. by Figgy Studio and Shop. Light refreshments are going to be um, available for you there. We're also going to do a handout. I'm going to do a whole presentation on what this is going to offer and what's going to be happening with this course and everything and what you can expect um, if you were to sign up for that. So again, if you're interested in any of these things and you have questions, concerns, you want to talk, whatever the story is, or if you want to sign up for one of these things, I would strongly, strongly suggest that you go to Sense by Design's website if you're interested in signing up for that class. Or you can also go to my own website um, to sign up for the informational meeting. And that is at www.mysictbyd.com. But yes, that concludes this Tea Tuesday. Please join me next Tea Tuesday for some of this really, really good information that we're going to be kind of delving into with this whole entire fire magic and just, you know, the sexiness of it all. We're just going to, you know, just be sexy this month. That's all we're going to do. We're just going to be shining, vibing, being sexy, getting a little bit, you know, um, we're, we're, I'm kind of like dancing a little bit with the lustier side of things and the more sensual side of things as well, too. So we're going to talk a lot about a lot of this stuff. So I hope that you guys can join me for certain things this month. I really, really hope that this episode at least did tell you or show you a little bit of the similarities of our traditions and cultural traditions. And I also hope to hear and see from you all very soon. And I am spreading the love to all of you. And I also hope that you find love and support this season in February as well. 